Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is incredibly rich with ideas, it's beautifully animated. As we have said, there is just so much going on, and yet it still manages to keep it fairly sort of simple, even as it just keeps on like hitting you with ideas and images, it doesn't make it too overwhelming, because I think what's actually kind of good about it is that it's still ultimately like Miyazaki is making a film for kids. It's not like a family thing, he's not like doing little jokes for the adults, no this is for kids, he's specifically talking to kids and how to behave and how to see the world and how the world might scare them and that's okay, it's such a great movie. Hey everyone and welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Today I'm joined by Paul. Hello there. Emma. Hi. And Helen. Whoop whoop. And we're getting spirited away. Thank you as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for editing this podcast. Please do remember to head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star rating and a massively glowing review. And also, if you want to join in the conversation with us on Twitter, we are at FlixWatcherPod. Or if you prefer Instagram, we are at FlixWatcher on that platform. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Emma and Paul. Over to you, please, Paul, to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hello, all listeners. I'm Paul Costello. <laughs> I'm one half of, I guess I'm one quarter of the Facial Attractions podcast, but I'm also one half of the Yearbook Committee podcast, which I do with her here, Emma. Her here. Right here. We talk about teen <laughs> movies and all the, the good stuff, all the tropes, all the happy times and all the really bad movies that kind of make up that incredibly rich genre. We've had kind of a, a purple patch, which is a good period of, of teen movies recently. A few that I haven't seen, like Bottoms, which I'm very keen to see, but I've not seen it yet. But what's your thoughts on this, the recent crop versus the previous golden era of like late 80s, mid 90s? And the noughties, the early noughties. Oh yeah, 1999 was a, a vintage year oh, yeah. for, for <laughs> teen movies. That's 90s yeah. still. Yeah, the ups and downs really carried over into the early aughts. Yeah, I mean, kind of as we've went through the podcast, the, the amongst the things we've really properly started to grapple with is like the glowing sort of glory age of the 80s teen movies. Most of them ain't great. <laughs> it's not even a matter of them not aging well. They were actually just maybe not that great. The 90s really sort of started to like do something interesting. And that's kind of where that feels like a lot of the better stuff has started to kind of come through. But then saying that, that's kind of where we came up being of that age bracket when those movies were out. So maybe we would say that. 
I mean, I think that's maybe why we're getting a good clutch just now, because maybe the filmmakers who grew up watching yeah. the same age as we were are now making those movies. So, I mean, we can live and hope. That's been the theory where you had the kind of one wave, which is like the Porky's kind of wave of films came about. And then like 20 years later, we had the American Pie and Clueless from one end. So Porky's, Fast Times at Richmond High. Then you had the also the kind of the, the nudie ones like American Pie through to Clueless and Cool Intentions. And now you've got another wave coming through now. So it's like that almost like 20 years or yeah. so. There's a batch of people who've grown up with those films and think, yeah, yeah I can make my new teen movie variation. It does tend to come along. It's something like every seven years or something like that, there's a single teen movie that comes out and goes, that's a classic. That's a good one. So it has that tendency to be like, it's Heathers, it's Clueless, it's Mean Girls, it's Easy A. It's, you know, they have kind of a, a cyclic kind of form to them, which is pleasing, but you also kind of go, this is going to do really well, but also other other people are going to make stuff that's maybe not great as a result of this. They're going to learn some not great lessons. Well, we're here talking about Spirit Away, which is not a team movie. I don't know how old Sen Structure Hero is, but Emma, this is your choice. Can you tell us, first of all, why you chose it? And then we'll get a synopsis in 60 seconds or less. So I'll go for why I chose it first. I really love folk and fairy tales. Like, that's my jam. And this is just a beautiful, almost Alice in Wonderland-esque telling that's just wild and busy and there's so much going on but there's also just this single cool little kid to follow all the way through and she's just going on a horrible weird adventure and that's why I chose it okay and the timer for your synopsis starts now okay so Chihiro's moving house and her parents are literally greedy pigs literally <laughs> and she gets sucked into this world full of spirits she ends up getting a job in a bathhouse and yeah a rabbit hole she falls down metaphorically and it's lovely i feel like that's the best you can sum it up because so much just weird stuff happens in it she just goes from strength to strength and tries to save her parents and i think i'll leave it there <laughs> uh, i'm happy with that one. yeah yeah helen any thoughts have you seen this before i have so this was the first studio Ghibli film that i saw i saw it at the Aberystwyth Art Centre in 2001 and I was like what the fuck is this like <laughs> maybe I might have kind of caught bits of Ghost in the Shell or Akira on late night channel 4 and obviously watched kind of Disney and cartoons so you just talk about general animation and not specifically yeah. I was gonna I was just gonna clarify and then watch this in the days where I may have smoked weed and I was like, whoa, this is fucking amazing. Look at all that weird shit on screen. Oh, it's great. I love it. So yeah, that was my first one. And then I've tried to kind of like keep up with them kind of as they have come from there. But yeah, this is my first introduction and... Yeah, I mean, I think you've kind of nailed it. There's just so much going on. Like, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about all the little weird details. I mean, basically, it's like a spirit bathhouse and all these kind of like spirits and there's a tarantula man with long arms that powers a machine. There's little cute little sort balls with their little faces that carry things around and there's like a little bird slash duck soup and little black ghost and things and there's a there's a spirit with no face that makes a weird sound he can't talk but he makes a weird sound 
then he ends up eating people. And at some point there's a sludge monster, people turn into pigs, a kid turns into like a flying cat dragon thing. And yeah, it's lovely. Like your dragon from Neverending Story. Yes, it's very Falcor, isn't it? It is, yeah. Paul, your thoughts on Spirit of the Way? I love Spirit of the Way. It's hard not to love Spirit of the Way, to be honest. I'm not sure exactly how many times I've seen it. It's three, maybe four five times it is incredibly rich with ideas it's beautifully animated as we have said there is just so much going on and yet it still manages to keep it fairly sort of simple even as it just keeps on like hitting you with ideas and images it doesn't make it too overwhelming because mm. i think what's actually kind of good about it is that it's still ultimately like miyazaki is making a film for kids it's not like a family thing he's not like doing little jokes for the adults no this is for kids he's specifically talking to kids and how to behave and how to see the world and how the world might scare them and but that's okay that you can deal with it it's such a great movie it tends to be not the one that i recommend to people when i sort of say you should watch miyazaki i tend to go for like maybe totoro or princess mononoke because i want people to get into it through one of those movies and then find spirited away on their own and get their head blown off by it because they'll be like holy shit this is incredible yeah it's great stuff <laughs> Like Helen, this was my first one I saw, but it was, I was in my 30s when I first saw it and it was given to me as, as a DVD present because I kept on saying, I've not seen Spirits of the Way, I've not seen any Studio Ghibli films. And there was no rhyme or reason for why, it just hadn't got around to it fully. And I remember like clearly the launch of all four on, you know, Channel 4's new streaming service and they, they had a Studio Ghibli season and Film 4 always had a Studio Ghibli season and I loved Film 4, but for whatever reason, I just never got around to watching a Ghibli film. <laughs> but this is the one everyone talked about and I was like, yeah, I can see why. This is great. I feel on this rewatch for me, I felt, I thought maybe it's a bit too long for the fact that it's just... Just vibes. It's just lots of different vibes and vignettes and things going on. You kind of like, I really love this, but also does it need to be two and a bit hours long? But then something inevitably would happen. And I think for me that what struck me also this time is that it just looks amazing. Oh yeah. Hand-drawn animation. There's such levels of details in people's eyes sometimes, like the, the big boss person who's running the whole place when, she, when you have a really big close-up on her face you can see her eyes glistening no face looks amazing that's kind of that stink stench monster that whole sequence is like whoa how do you even come up with that kind of stuff it's just it's a really big vibe this film and a bit of a hang rather than i think you know like a, a story about like totoro or how's we castle where i feel there's like, like a driving narrative so i can understand when this first came out i was like well, this is everyone's favorite studio ghibli film certainly <laughs> but i think the other one's because they have a better, bit more of a narrative. I'm like, I actually prefer Totoro and, you know, Howl's Moving Castle in terms of the overall filmic nature of them. That was my little stance there, guys. I agree on the, the narrative, having watched a lot more of them now. And I think Miyazaki is a little bit guilty on running on vibes. And I think the difference with Totoro yeah. is it's shorter and with Howls, it's based it's based on a, a book, it's so a book, the, yeah. the structure is kind of given to him. So definitely with you, having also watched The Boy and the Heron, that he does tend to really go for vibes and perhaps not necessarily story. The funny thing is I watched Kiki's Delivery Service for the first time last month. Okay. So cute. It's pretty similar. It is just little witch. It's sad. <laughs> Let's stay with her for a while. And I do file these under films I want to crawl inside and live in. But yeah, yeah, Kiki's is pretty similar in that there isn't really much going on. It's really just, oh, a broomstick. Like, it's just nice. 
talking cat. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just vibes. <laughs> you say it like it's a bad thing, but I'm all for a vibe movie. That's great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my favourite films, which I was talking to a friend about recently, which is also does age depending, I think it, it, how much you like it depends on how old you were when you first saw it, is uh, Dazed and Confused, where it's just like things happening. Mm. Just enjoy the people yeah. you're hanging out with. And, yeah. you know, and I, that's completely valid kind of film. So yeah, 100%. I think you're just, you're just not as used to seeing that in an animated form versus an indie filmmaker first steps into the into cinematic realm. One question we always ask when we get Studio Ghibli on here is, how did you watch it? Did you watch the subtitles, original soundtrack, or do you watch it with a dubbed version? See, I'm not a stickler on this, and it kind of depends on the mood I'm in that day. So my rewatch, I did watch the dubbed version, but in all fairness, I do think that the great thing about these films is that because, especially like from Spirited Away on, like because Disney kind of had a hand in distributing them, the voice cast is usually pretty good. Mm. I don't know what the voice cast is in this one, actually. It's not a big one in this one, is it? It's no, no big names. The little girl was in Lilo and Stitch, probably around about the same time. Oh, uh, okay. And thingy that's in all the Pixar movies. John Ratzenberg. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't mind watching these ones dubbed. But at the same time, I did go after screening A Howl's Moving Castle and it was in the original and I was like, oh, I should be watching it like this all the time. <laughs> yeah. I tend to watch them subtitled. Although I, I'm absolutely fine with you want to watch stuff because sometimes you're maybe can't necessarily don't have the patience or the eye movement or whatever to subtitles. So the dub is absolutely fine. And I, as the years kind of went on, the, the Ghibli movies just got kind of better and better, more stacked casts. So there's always really good work behind them. My one kind of thing with them is that it has a tendency to be, because Spirit of the Way is an example of it, is that it has a tendency to be, there's extra stuff that I feel like doesn't need to be there. Yes. There's a final line that's in the dubbed version of Spirit of the Way that doesn't exist in the subtitle version. And there's a little bit of a, hmm, that's a weird thing to end on. They do it earlier on as well, like the point when uh, Haku turns into a dragon for the first time, she goes, he's a dragon now! Yeah. Which <laughs> always feels so odd because it's almost as if they were like, nobody's going to get that that's him, even though kids <laughs> would absolutely get it. that that was him. Yes, yeah. you saw him turn into a dragon. But I think one of the later ones is like that too. One Liam Neeson was in. Ponyo. Yeah, it has a, a really weird line. Where do they just go, they have wings now? I don't, th- I, it was maybe Tales from Earthsea. Mm. And it's so out of place and i'm curious in case that's what that was as well where they've just gone oh yeah no western audiences don't won't understand what's going on even though if you just trust your audience they probably will well that's it like for spirit of the way it doesn't even seem to necessarily be it's a matter of like clarifying the non like the dubbed version like as they're driving away they sort of go so starting school pretty soon shihira how are you feeling about that yeah i can handle it whereas in the subtitled version and non-dubbed version as they're driving away it's just silence mm. there's, there's no talk at all so there's just there's just a bit of a why did you put that line what who's that for like uh, yeah there's just no need yeah i think for me it's i no problem at all with a subtitle film but just sometimes you just feel a bit knackered or you just feel a bit like i just want to press play and, and go yeah and that has stopped me with there's like tv shows like call my agent which is a french tv sh- series mm which I really, really love, but also I, I can never just put it on and just vibe out with it. I have to be in, in the right frame of mind to do it. So if it's something like this where I just think I need to watch it right now, then it's probably going to be in, in the dubbed version, which it was this in this case. 
But one of my favourite things is to do the dub version, but also have the subtitles on to mm. see how massively, <laughs> how massively they vary from yeah. what they say versus the subtitle. And you're kind of like, well, both those kind of make sense, but also at the same time, it's nonsense. So which one is it? <laughs> yeah. Chihiro and Sen. I think she, probably her character is one of the things that drives, well, is, is probably the reason that people rate it so highly because she's just, she's not precocious, but she's not a wallflower. She gets in there, she gets stuck in with a stink demon when all the other spirits in the world were like, you know, running away from it. And she's just such a great rounded character. And I can see if, if kids do love this, it would wholly be because of her. And she's just got this like amazing energy, right? Yeah. I think one of the great things about her is that see, because she's got a goal, like it's saved my parents and that carries her through everything. So she has to have this job so that they'll not eat her parents and <laughs> she has to help this person because they'll help her do this thing but at the same time she's also just kind and good natured so once she has the thing that will turn her parents back into humans hopefully she uses it to help two other different people so I think that because she's driven but it, ultimately she's always trying to do it's not even just about doing the right thing it's just because this person needs that and I have it and I can help them so I'm going to do it and I think that's what's great about her. Um, and I don't... One of the thing, films that kept popping up my head as well on the rewatch is Coraline has the same thing because with Coraline, it's very much like my parents are in the other world or they're stuck behind a mirror or whatever they are. And it doesn't matter how scary this is, I'm just going to go get it done. And I think Spirited Away has that kind of same sort of attitude of I've got a thing to do and I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to kind of sacrifice who I am in the process and I think I just love her she's just adorable she's also at times just like she's got really good sad face <laughs> the little little but, cheeks yes yeah. she was never whining with it like when she's trying to get the job she was never like please it's just like she's forthright steadfast yep. yeah awesomeness is there anything guys want to say before we head to the scores I was just going to say it made me really really want to spa <laughs> <laughs> It made me really, really want the food. Studio Ghibli know how to do like food, food uh -huh. and make it oh, look yeah. amazing. Even if it's food you don't normally like, like I don't eat bacon, but every time I watch Hell's Moving Castle, I'm like, that is the most delicious looking bacon <laughs> ever. <laughs> the cool thing about the food in this film, though, is I think there are definitely times where you're like, I want to eat that now. But then when our parents are starting to turn into pigs, there is just sort of like a psychological thing where you're like, this food's actually disgusting. Mm. There's so much of it. And like greed's kind of all the way through the film. So there's definitely points where the food is like, I will take it down, please. And other times I'm like, put it away. <laughs> put it away. Nah. Yeah. Okay, let's head to the scores. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to our Flix Watcher scores. They are always out of five and you can have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Emma, with your recommendability. I mean, five. 
Absolutely five. I think you'd struggle to find someone who wouldn't find something enjoyable in this. So I would five, five, five. Paul? I'll give it five. Like, again, I don't really know that there's anyone I couldn't recommend this to and not them not have something for it, not gain something from it, not just enjoy it immensely. There's too much good in it to ignore. <laughs> There's too much good and we need more good in the world right now. Yeah, man. Rishi Sunak abusing... <laughs> He's just never watched Spirited what, Away. What kind of no. nonsense is he up to today? Helen. So for me, I think Spirited Away is a bit like kind of the ideal mushroom trip in that there's loads of weird stuff, but it's not really terrifying. It's just kind of cool and interesting and it lasts a couple of hours. So on that, I'm also going to give it a five. I think for me, because it was the first and I've now seen quite a lot and they do vary in kind of the vibes and what's going on. And I've seen a few that I'm a bit like, oh, it's not really kind of the spirited away level of like, wow, weird. This is really fun. So yeah. I'm going to give it the big five. Our friend Will, this is the one. Go for it. <laughs> Do you want to clarify that our friend Will point for... Oh, I mean, every time we have an animation, we say how he doesn't watch animation. Maybe this will turn him. Maybe this could be his year. That's a crime. Yeah, so we have a friend called Will who just blatantly, frankly, without reason, that he's given us, doesn't watch any animated film and... As much as we say it's not animation, it's not a genre, it's just like a medium. It doesn't change things. But I think he's going to watch one animated film this year because he has a podcast and blog called Exploding Helicopter. Is it called Exploding Helicopter? Yeah. It's about helicopters that explode in films. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one frame of a helicopter in jeopardy in Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And there you go. he asked us, do we need to watch it? And I was like... Well, there's a helicopter in jeopardy. It's your right, <laughs> it's your duty to watch this film. The helicopter doesn't explode. I mean, I feel like that'll sell them. That'll sell them on animation in I general, don't think so. right? I think, you know, <laughs> when people randomly just dig their heels in, it's not going to change. So you're five, Helen. I'm going to go 4.5. I'm not sure why it loses a 4.5. I just, I think I, I would probably go for a, a toss row over this mm. because it's, they're just a bit tight, a bit shorter. This is a bit weird in places. <laughs> it's like, what? So I think you have to prep people a bit as well before before going into it or know them really well that you'll just be able to take weird stuff as it comes. Repeat viewing score, Emma. Well, I'd go five again because I feel like it's one of these films where because there's so much in it, every time you watch it, you see something else or you look for something else or as we were saying, like sub three dubs means you've got at least two viewings in there. <laughs> so yeah, five. Sub three dubs. Paul. Yeah, I'd probably go five as well. I mean, like, it's as Emma says, there's always something to be found in it. You can watch it one time and just be, like, blown away by the incredible animation. You can watch it the second time and be like, man, there's there's really a lot of bit of capitalism and greed. And you can watch it a third time and be like, man, this is totally about environmentalism. There is so much in there to dig into. It's great. There's so much there. All those greedy spirits after the gold, right? Yeah. Helen? I think it's length is a bit long. This is only the second time I've seen it. I saw it when it first arrived and then this time and I think I'm just trying to work my way through the Studio Ghibli ones that I haven't seen so I haven't really watched really many of them only Totoro because it's a lot shorter and, and my favourite so I'm going to give it a 3.5 I enjoyed it I don't know it's probably going to be quite another odd 20 odd years before I maybe come back to it again though 20 3.5 I'm going to go 3 I think I'll 
watch with this or the Ghibli's more frequently than this. I think more frequently than once every 20 years, certainly. <laughs> yes, I've given it a lower score. It's like a good mushroom trip. It can only be done once every 20 years. <laughs> it only happens once every 20 years. A perfect mushroom <laughs> trip. The perfect combination of psilocybin, your mood and your environment coalesce <laughs> once every 20 years to produce Spirit of the Way. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Emma, small screen score. I feel like that was in tone with Spirited Away. My My small screen score. I first saw this in DVD, so I wouldn't have minded until I saw Howl's Moving Castle in the cinema and was like, oh no, this is so good. (laughs) I've seen other ones. Like I saw Ponyo in the cinema when it came out. I don't know. That's really hard. I'm going to go three and a half because I don't think you're losing too much, but it's so beautiful and there is a sense of scale where I think a big screen would be nice. So I'm going to go 3.5. Oh. I think I'd maybe go 3.5 to 4 because, yeah, it's beautiful and it's it's great. But you're right, there's the sense of scale and the sheer, like, just breath of air that just rushes through it is the kind of thing that totally kind of demands a large screen to really properly fully feel it. It's a weird thing to consider it like hands-on like 2d animation to be so textural in terms of like how it makes you feel i mean you can literally feel the spray of the water and you can feel the the breath of the wind and that really shines through on a bigger screen yeah so you don't lose too much on a small screen but it definitely needs a big screen to get the full brunt of it so what's your score so you said 3.5 to 4 or do you want 3.5 to 4 as in three uh 3.78 sure 3.78 helen <laughs> I mean, call me heathen, but I'm quite fine watching them at home. I've only ever seen two at the cinema and the rest I've seen at home. And I'm all right with that. I'm okay. I don't know what that, the experience, I think, was the same. So I'm going to give it a five, I think. On this rewatch, I was thinking at many parts, like, whoa. When the stink demon, they unplug him or it and... The water's bubbling out, and it's like, I just—I just don't know how they did that in animation. It just looks ridiculous. So there's, there's a few of those bits where I think it'd be really cool to see it on a bigger screen. And I've never really taken note of the soundscape. But I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going in there, but which I haven't taken on board. So I think I'm really good to get that. So I'm going to go for four because, it's, as Helen said, it's absolutely fine. No real dramas on the smaller screen at home. But I think there's a I think there's a few edges and layers that you gain from watching it. the bigger screen you can get get hold of. Engagement score, Emma. I'm going to just sound like a broken record and <laughs> say five again because well. I know the I know the length seems like, and I know we've definitely discussed the length, but I didn't really feel the length because again I think I was kind of by this rewatch I was like this is Alice in Wonderland and I'm fine with that because that kind of thing where you're just going from bit to bit to bit. And I think that's one of what not the necessarily the length, but the kind of episodic nature of it is the strength of it. So even if you're like, oh, I don't really like this smelly beastie that's coming, it's only going to be there for <laughs> ten more minutes, and then you're on to the next thing. So yeah, I'm going to give it five. I love it. Every time I watch it, I'm looking for new things. So my eyes are busy the whole time. So yeah, five. Paul, I mean, I'm just really playing the same broken record again. It's going to be five. Like there's again, there's so much to just be part of and dig into and come away with like again that's god it's just good stuff yo it just is <laughs> <laughs> it's just good stuff yo yeah helen 
So I forgot to mention that this is one of the ones Netflix now has a thing where it tells you if it's one of the most liked and and this is one of the most liked Mm -hmm. on Netflix. So it's very popular. I'm going to give it a four. This time round, it was a little bit, I was a bit like waiting for it to kind of get going. I was enjoying it, but it wasn't quite the wild experience the first time round. So as Brain has called it, an average of that, I'm going to four. Yeah, I think this, I'm going to join Helen and the four there. I guess I was, yeah, I guess I was just waiting for the bits I liked a bit more. <laughs> and also I was just kind of zoning in and out. So I think the, the downside with the episodic bit is that you can kind of zone out bits where you're not so interested and you kind of kick back in when you are a bit more interested in the scene to its detriment. So I'm going to give it a four and that gives us an overall score of 4.39250. Do you know what that means for it? In terms of its what? <laughs> the rankings of Studio Ghibli films on Flixwatcher. Have you done a collation? I have indeed, yes. Oh, you might have done. So, well, our previous leader was Howls with 4.31, and this has just pipped it with 4.39. Oh, okay. The really um, funny thing is, at the end of the day, I would pick Howl over Spirited Away. I just prefer Howl. <laughs> but yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> Well, it's your choice, so obviously you want to champion That's it. That's true. Yeah. You'd already done Hills Moving Castle. So we've done My Name of Totoro. We've done Kiki's Delivery Service. We've done Ponyo. Was any of them... Pompoco, the raccoon Pompoco. balls one, which... <laughs> That's the most recent one we've done. If you want to know what I'm on about, have a listen to our most recent Studio Ghibli, which is Pompoco, Raccoon Testicles. That's what that <laughs> film is about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's entirely what the, it's. There's no other plot narrative to it. It's entirely about that. Guys, let's head over to Twitter. Do follow us on Twitter if you are listening and you don't follow us already because we always talk about stuff on Netflix in general and film also. But we do ask for a shout out before we go into recording. Look out for a tweet saying something like this. We're reviewing Spirit of the Way with Girl of Gotham and at Paul Cinephile from Yearbook Podcast. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars from on-air shout out on Flixwatcher. And we had one response today. Emma, can you see that response? Yeah, sure thing. We had a response from John Loftus saying, hugely original, bursting with ideas and creativity, whilst being quite meditative and gave it five out of five. Mm. I think the, the word nice. vibe that Helen and I used yeah. leans into the meditative angle mm-hmm. that he's referring to. Guys, can you tell us where we can find you online and we'll say goodbye to the listeners? Yeah, sure. For our podcast, we are at Your Book Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. For either of us, I burned my Twitter to the ground. So you can find me on Instagram, threads. I know they said threadless. That's not, that's a t-shirt website. You can get me on Instagram, threads, or one of the six people on Blue Sky at Girl of Gotham. And Paul, do you want to? I'm still on Twitter, although not really doing anything with it for reasons. Uh, at Paul Cinephile, I'm also the same thing over on Blue Sky and I think on Instagram as well, because I don't know why. I, I think it is. I don't know what my username is on Instagram anymore. I use it way more though. Probably not the best place to get in contact with you then if you don't know <laughs> what you <laughs> It is by far the thing I use most and yet I'm like, what am I called there? I don't know. <coughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you just, because you just log straight into your account you don't need to do the thing. To the, yeah, I just want my watching that. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Well, guys, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to finally get to talk about Spirits of the Way. I thought when all of these Studio Ghibli films came on to Netflix, I thought that this was the first one that someone put. But it's been like three years now, hasn't it? So I was really least. surprised it was yeah. still available. So fair play. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you so much for coming us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast, why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Rockwood Audio's editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production. 